The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free gaming community website at enjin.com. Gentlemen, you're listening to the Those Guys with Ships show, the Versecast Community Podcast. I'm John Abraham, and I nailed it. Hi, I'm Jimmy Croker, and yes, you did. Ace, it's your turn. <laughs> I keep waiting for the leap. Because <laughs> I'm so used to listening to the regular podcast. It's only natural. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where's Gleep? Where is he? Why isn't he responding? I was waiting for him too, to be honest. <laughs> Psst, There's a script right here, Ace, <laughs> right in front of you. Introduce yourself. I'm I'm Ace Azamine. Hi, everyone. Hi, well, Ace. <laughs> on this day in history, nothing interesting happened. No lies. <laughs> Wait, who lies. are you? Yeah, who, who are you? Who is are this you? person talking? <laughs> I am Star G. <laughs> and we are those guys with ships. This is episode 32 of our community podcast. And today is June 9th, 2945, Standard Earth Time. And I reiterate, gentlemen, that on this day in history, nothing interesting has ever happened. Nope. What? Nope. Not true. On this day in history, June 9th, 1988. NASA scientists observed Pluto as it passed in front of a distant star and discovered that it has an atmosphere. Uh, Boom. I'm a, I'm a, what? Wait, did the distant star had atmosphere? Or that Pluto as it discovered? Oh, well, that doesn't, that doesn't matter because Pluto is not a planet. Oh. So, why, why you why you got to hate on Pluto, yo? <laughs> to be honest, I was one of those people who when 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 they said that Pluto was not a planet, who was outraged and incensed, but now I just find the whole thing a little bit silly. It is a little bit silly. You know, it's like controller balancing. A little bit Ooh. silly. <laughs> and you can send your hate email to <laughs> star g aka gleep at I, I say I think right. I think we found some, the, the thing more contentious than is Pluto a planet, and that is controller balancing. <laughs> yep, very true. Well, you know, what do you guys think about the Hyper Vanguard Force? We've been using that as our intro and outro music. Did you get a chance to listen? Did you? Did you? Did you? Did you, did you? It was so cool. Like I it? liked it. I liked it a lot. I think it might be a little long. If I'm going to give a little um, critique, nonsense. I think it might- I think it might be a little <laughs> little long. <laughs> Wasn't long enough. I listened to it. I listened to the intro and outro twice while uh, oh. uh, working out, mainly because for whatever reason, Hyper Vanguard for- Force works really well uh, with my running pace. So I can I can heat all the I can heat all the hit all the beats just the right time. It, was, it felt it wow. felt nice. Nice. It's it's perfect for those fifteen yard runs. Huh? <laughs> I had to listen to it oh. twice. Twice. 
<laughs> 30 yards. <Excellent. laughs> well, Mr. Ace, um, welcome back to the show. And um, mayhaps you had an interesting weekend. Uh, hmm, Saturday? Yes. Anything interesting? Saturday was uh, a real interesting experience. Uh, so on Saturday, there was a Reddit post um, that went up that there was a meetup in my hometown, Portland. Oh. So I decided... Hey, you know, we're not doing anything else this weekend evening for for Saturday night, so we didn't and did that. Um, so I I dragged the wife along with me, and and she willingly and was even interested to come because she's a gamer herself. Um, so we went down to a game shop, um, in on Southeast, uh, in downtown Portland. Um, let me see if I can find. I'll try and find the name later. Um, and maybe maybe we can put it in the show notes for people who are curious. Um. But uh, we hang, hung out with a bunch of Star Citizen people. There were a bunch of members of Test. Um, I got to meet Chivalry Bean of Guard Frequency. Oh, very oh. nice. Yep. Cool. Got to meet him in the flesh. Um, and we talked about the uh, the eponymous uh, ponies versus hornets. Uh, and, <laughs> and he promised that would have to happen again. Awesome. So, nice. um, and... Uh, Let's see here. We played, you know, we didn't have any Star Citizen we could play at the time. They were still, they have, so the, the way that the, the place is set up, they have a front area with a bar, like an actual alcoholic bar. And then they have an area uh, with this, sort of like the game, the console area. So they've got Xbox 360s, Xbox Ones, Playstations, Wiis, uh, Wii U, con- like any console you can think of, they have it. And it's sort of surreal to see like a shelf with every console, like, pre-1985 so like n64 <laughs> nice. on up is is available um and so we were there playing uh we played some um there was some call of duty there was some halo um and then the the game that the wife and i played was smash brothers the the newest one for the wii u oh cool nice. and having nice having too. recently got a hold of a wii u myself i'm thinking maybe i'll pick it up because it was a lot of fun Cool, cool. And my, so, uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, my wife's really, really into Splatoon right now, and watching her—that's a lot of fun too. You might want to check that out. I've I've seen. Good I things just about got it. that one as well. Yeah, I've seen good things about it. Maybe it'll be it'll it'll captivate the verse cast group more than dinosaurs does. <laughs> yeah, right. it, it, it is a it is kind of a well, it's not a first person shooter, but it is a shooter. Yeah, well, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, but uh, and then I was super confused when you jumped into mumble because a bunch of us were playing arc and you're like i'm at the star citizen meetup and i was like what i thought that was in sacramento or something like weeks from now no no this is this is a it was a local meetup and then of course i put the mumble my mumble on uh, on broadcast and had everybody at the meetup shout into the microphone and say hello and yeah. on, <laughs> nice. only afterwards did i think maybe i shouldn't have done that i probably blew out a couple couple eardrums that way <laughs> it was loud it sounded like there were a hundred people there oh, cool well uh there is going to be a meetup in sacramento um it's tentatively for the end of this month um i don't know if anything has been uh, uh formalized for formally for sure but um uh, check out versecast.org there's a thread there started by avi physics and uh, so if you're in northern california and interested in uh, meeting uh, fellow guys with ships or and or star citizen enthusiasts um uh, definitely uh, give that a look yeah well i don't know if i'd be able to make it down that far so that's a long drive 
And yeah, having yeah. having made that drive less than two months ago already, I don't think I want to make it again. Yeah, we have no water here, so that too. Um, you know, okay, yeah. I gotta, I gotta, nests? I gotta ask something about that. <laughs> so I gotta ask you something about that. Um, yeah. While we were there at Disneyland, we saw signs all over California about the drought. Yeah. But while we were in Anaheim, like Greater Anaheim, and in Disneyland, it did not feel like there was a drought. Like. You saw the signs when you were um, when you were coming down into uh, Los Angeles, right? When you were a little Com- bit more out, coming down and then going back up. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, um, when you get more towards the middle of the state, where where you've got a lot of farmland, it's a big deal. Okay, um, for obvious reasons, it's a very big deal. Um, when you get down more into you know Los Angeles, Anaheim, um, you know the Inland Empire, those areas. Um, it's a big deal. We deal with it every day. We're all on water restrictions and, and a lot of us are, are, you know, trying to do our part to conserve, but it's not our livelihood. Okay. So, you know what I mean? So it's like, we deal with it on a day to day basis. Like, you know, we're only allowed to water our lawn, um, you know, twice, twice a week and we only do it once a week. And, you know, you do all the small things that you can to try and conserve water. But if you are more in the middle of the state where the farmland is, that's their livelihoods, you know what I mean, and they're they're in a really bad place. So and our food, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, a, the, I didn't realize California provides something like what thirteen percent or or fifteen percent of the nation's food supply. That's a lot. Yeah, it's it's like we we supply a lot of food to the country, and uh, yeah, the drought's not good. It's not good. It isn't good. So um, you're welcome to come to the meetup, but bring your own water. <laughs> but bring bottled water. Yes. Okay. Cool. Um. So, uh, what was the general mood there about Star Citizen, or was it just more of a social thing? Like, you it, know, it, hey, nice to meet you. It was. Uh, I would say excitement. Um. There was okay. a lot of interest in seeing it happen. Um. And I and a lot of people were very curious to see, uh, what would come of Star Citizen. There was a lot of discussion of Operation Pitchfork. There was oh, a lot cool. of discussion about the logistics of playing in game, what, what, what people are planning on doing, um, and about making the 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 uh, gaming bar a place where Star Citizen can be played in a in a real world context instead of just behind a screen in your living room. Um, mm-hmm. They have the I was going to say the back area behind all the console games. They are turning into a Star Citizen centric PC gaming area. Complete, nice. complete with at least one sim pit chair, with a X, oh, with an X fifty five and rudder pedals bolted to it. Wow! Wow! Yeah, they were setting wow. up that chair while we were there, so it was pretty. It was pretty wild to see. Very cool. Cool. Do they have like arcade cabinets there? Um, they have a few stuffed in between, like near the near the food and and drink making area. Um, they have a bunch of board games and card games that you can you can bust out and play as well. So like if you were if you're interested in the um uh what's it the uh X-wing miniatures or like some role playing you could do that as well. So they had like the resources to play that stuff while you're there. Mm-hmm. So it was a neat place. I really liked it. I, I probably will go will go back at some point. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, speaking of Operation Pitchfork, um, we have closed our poll. We closed it. I went ahead and closed it last Friday, and we had uh, twenty four to sort of refresh folks um we put it out there hey there's operation pitchfork it's this really cool thing it's going to come up at the end of the pu beta uh we're just gonna you know all point ourselves towards vandal space and 
charge, you know. And uh, do you want to involve the group? Should the group do it as, as an organization? And uh, we got tw- almost 30 votes. Uh, 24 people were said, yeah, let's do that. Five people were kind of like, yeah, I suppose. I don't see why not. And nobody nobody said, uh, I, no, thank you. So uh, we are definitely in. Um, I joined uh, the uh, Operation Pitchfork uh, org and... So I'm going to follow up with them and uh, volunteer our org to uh, participate. And then uh, as we get closer, I'm sure I'll have stuff to report back as to uh, what it is that we get to do next. So pretty excited about that. Nice. Nice. Excitement. That's all you got. Really, nice. what, else you gonna, all you got. what else are you going to say at this point right now? Something hyperbolic, you know, for the radio. We need a. <laughs> we need a. Um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, uh, Spax? No. Uh, S- what's his name? Spaz. Spaz. No. Yeah, Spaz has these incredible sayings. Like he's just so well, at, so good at writing, and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but if you've seen some of his posts in the forums, it's just he's he's really good at making things sound like super grand. I wish well, he was here now. I'm uh, I'm sure <laughs> that the uh, that the combat and support wings of those guys with ships will serve well in Operation Pitchfork. Thank you. Good job. They had better well do so. <laughs> I'm gonna That's be right. I'm gonna be leading all them, that, so they better be doing well. All that training <laughs> better pay off. Yeah, guys, yeah, after pretty me, much. Guys, 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 where are you? All right. Well, very. So we uh, we're good to go on that. We'll report back as we learn more. Um, and speaking of the org hangar, nothing has changed since last time. So we've uh, still got a few ships in there. Um, virtual org hangar, virtual ships. Um, what's not to love? <laughs> and a soon, soon, TM. Yeah, soon TM. Um, and speaking of new members, yes, we have uh, three new members since last week. We had, God, we had like nine new ones last week and then uh, only three this week. So, John, I think it's time for you to get yourself all wound up into a, into a little hissy fit there. What's going on? <laughs> a few weeks ago, we were getting like 15, 20 people. Go, is, go. Is the well dry? I mean, come on. There's people out there. I know it because we're getting way more downloads than we have members. Hey, hey, hey. Got let it let it grow slowly, you know. Got to make sure that people that join, they want to join. We get some quality people. Don't want to make people join just for the sake of the novelty of it. Mm, Mr. Quality. We need to filter out the low quality people. Quality over quantity. <laughs> <laughs> we must have a lot of low quality listeners then. I refuse to believe that. And you can send your hate mail to John. I just said at... I refuse to believe that. <laughs> Ace Azamine. Ace Azamine is the person you can send all the hate mail to. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you want to join, make sure you feel like it's the org for you. And I agree. Are. But you should join us anyway. <laughs> and I on mean, that note, we're very happy about the three people that joined. Right, Gleep? Yes, yeah, that's right. Um... um Jimmy, do you want to help me out with the first name? <laughs> no, I don't. Go, go for it. Pepe Lupe. Oh, why did you? Why, that was oh, awesome. That, that was pretty good, but why didn't you like Gleep Struggle? Uh, I'm sorry, Star G. 
Star G. <laughs> That's right. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, all right. Well, he, um, he or she said, you said people don't apply soon enough, so I'm applying after hearing only three episodes. When I got my starter package a week and a half ago, I subscribed to as many Star Citizen podcasts as I could find to catch up on the state of the game. The Versecast has been my favorite so far. That's really cool, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Moral Dilemma joined us, said, Love the podcast. Would like to join as an affiliate member. Love the casual nature of the show and the description of the org. And then your name. Yes. Um, Although I don't know how I feel about it. Wait, (laughs) what? (laughs) I'm having a a moral dilemma right now. Uh, I see what you did there, John. <laughs> Yesterday, Wu Tu Tui joined us. Um, they back he or she backed in September 2014. Started off with an Aurora, and has since upgraded to a Cutlass Black. Wasn't paying much attention until recently, uh, however, and now is completely hooked again and can't wait for the FPS. Kind of like the rest of us. Intends to use the Cutlass as a trading ship and maybe some other stuff. We'll grind up to nicer ships like a Connie and then maybe someday something like an 890 jump. Ah. Welcome. Fun a player with player with goals. Fun fact, I spoke with him last night. He's from Ireland. Awesome. Oh. Yay. Yeah, I was on I was on Mumble last night around midnight, just hanging out, just like watching TV, and all of a sudden he popped into the channel. He's like, hey. And I was like, whoa, hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so yeah, he's Hi. he's from Ireland. So we we chatted a little bit, and uh, he sounds like a a fantastic guy. Well, the Excellent. sun the sun never sets on those guys with ships. That is so true. All right, and on the website versecast.org, we got a couple new members. We got Show Louie and John. You want to help me out again? Pepe Luepe. I wanted to go Pepe Le Pew, but I couldn't make that fit. Yeah, I was. I was thinking that might be it too, but I was going to go for more like a, a Muppets joke with Pepe the prawn. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well. Anyway, <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome. Gleep, one and all. Are you a fan of everything Jim Henson or just um, Grover? Um, I'm I'm partial to everything Jim Henson, but uh, Grover would be my favorite. How but- do you feel about Labyrinth? Labyrinth. God, it's been so long since I've seen it. I mean, I like David Bowie. Labyrinth is is definitely my favorite Jim Henson movie. Love that. Well, you know, it's I believe it's coming back, isn't it? Not Labyrinth, but the the Muppets, right? Yeah, they're coming. They're doing a TV show. Yeah, yep. I was gonna. I, that, I was about to ask Gleep how you felt about the uh, return of the Muppet Show. Well, you know, I I don't being you know the technological marvel that I am, I don't have television, so um, I don't really have much of a feeling one way or the other. So, I just have a computer. If it turns out good, I would watch it. I mean, I love I the heard Muppets. It's going to be. I, I did too. I I mean, I grew up watching the Muppet Show. I you know I know I'm showing my age a little bit, but I loved that show when I was a kid. My favorite one was the one, uh, the Halloween episode with Alice Cooper, hands down my favorite <laughs> one. Um, but I heard that, and I'm I'm actually excited about this. I heard that this is going to be kind of like a like they're going to do it kind of like The Office, in a way the, where they're going to do yeah. the Muppet Show, but they're also going to show like like more behind the scenes, like their personal lives type of thing. It's supposed uh-huh. to be like a one camera comedy, like The Office, where they do the yeah, whole. That's and and there's even a scene where um, 
what's his name? Gonzo makes a joke about, or like comments on the fact that the whole like cutaway, uh, make a comment, make an awkward comment, cut away back to a room to talk about it gag is so tried and, and, and uh, overused. And then it smash cuts to him in the office saying something like, oh yeah, I love that mechanic. That's great. And then it jumps back to him in the room going, oh yeah, it's terrible. Nice. <laughs> I, 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 if, if they get good writers, it's going to be phenomenal. I'm excited about it. Well, you guys let me know how it is and I'll get it when it hits Netflix. All right, will do. Back to Star Citizen. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at Star Citizen. We have a plan. All right. Uh, we uh, we got some email this week. We got um, a couple of emails, actually, uh, from the same person. So I'm going to count that as two emails, but um, one person. Uh, and it's from Benu, who uh, sent uh, a, uh, an email about me. Uh, said that uh, I made him want a Reliant, even though it is obviously an inferior knockoff of the Cartoon Owl. Them, them's fighting words. Them's fighting words. The gauntlet has been thrown down, sir. I mean, the most successful concept ship ever. Inferior knockoff. <laughs> well, it's based Aww. off the same technology, isn't it? Is that well, is yeah. it really the most successful concept ship? I would figure that the javelin would probably take that. Um, we think that we think it's because uh, number of units. Yeah, yeah, number of units, not not not, not dollars. Yeah. So uh, the 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 number it fired the imagination of more people. How's that? The Reliant did. It did. Okay. So hands down. So the Reliant has is is the top seller of all the ships that have been uh, unit wise of all the ships that have gone up for sale. Say by volume. By right. volume, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I believe that that is correct. I mean, they didn't say they announced this at the beginning of around the verse. Um, they did not say whether it was units or dollars. I'm just assuming it's units. Right, right, right. Yeah, it makes sense that it would be units. Okay. It's most successful in views of the page where you buy the ship. No. I, I don't think that's right. <laughs> Remember, he has the patience of a dinosaur. <laughs> All right. Well, um, anyway, Benu continued. Thankfully, the podcast came out after the sale ended, so my ships are safe from melting. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, you're welcome to come over to my hangar and fly my uh, fly with me in my Reliant because it has two seats. Mm-hmm. And then in his next email, Benu said, "Hey guys, my suspicion is that the Avenger is apparently in limbo because one, it's not part of Squadron Forty Two. Two, it's also not a starter ship. And three, Lisa Ohanian has only recently arrived on the scene. Now, the, the, his reasoning there is for uh, points one and two that uh, the on, they're only working on getting things ready uh, that are uh, important for Squadron 42. So those are the things that they're focusing on first. If the Avenger is and its variants are not going to be there, then it's uh, you know, necessarily going to... Uh, um, go to the back of the line. Um, he said that if I remember right, the public beta, the public universe beta is coming after Squadron 42, and that makes sense to kick off the PU beta with starter ships. So uh, they're going to want to get the starter ships out again before the Avenger and its variants. Uh, Squadron 42 is hugely important to Chris, and I think a lot of man hours are going into it. Over in England, I seem to recall hearing that they have 300 plus people in that office. Um, so, um, they're obviously focused on, um, on that, um, because, and I forget, uh, Jimmy, you 
probably remember there was it was in one of the shows this week where they were talking about how um, uh, Squadron Forty Two really is sort of the the focal point that is going to sell this game, um, and how that's why it is, um, and of course then the FPS module sort of feeding into that why that is um, um, why it's deserving of so much attention is because it is so critical to uh, this being a successful project. Well, and a lot of their um, a lot of their ship, a lot of the folks that are working on getting ships through the pipeline currently, um, at least according to uh, you know some of the content that went live uh, this week from uh, CIG, um, a lot of those resources are currently being devoted towards the larger ships for Squadron Forty Two. Right. I mean, I think I think uh, Benu's spot on on this, and and I think that the big thing right now is. They can't get past certain blockades in developing Squadron 42 until certain ships are done or certain assets, I should say, uh, are finished. And I think that that's, you know, one of the things that's slowing up things like, you know, um, the player ships going going live is that they've got to get specific assets done at a specific time so that they can move forward with Squadron 42. Can't do the big capital ship battle if the capital ships aren't working yet. Exactly. Yeah, yeah Exactly. Do you think that Squadron 42 is more important than the PU, though? Yes, at this point, yeah. right now, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Right now, yeah, I think so. I think, I think at the moment, yes. Um, you know, and I think, uh, I think that that's going to be a huge selling point. If they're able to release a, a hugely successful AAA title single-player experience that feeds into the Persistent Universe, people are going to be hooked, and they're not going to go anywhere for a long time. Yeah, but I feel like a narrative game like this uh, of a uh, um, a space sim uh, with a a story has been done before, but the persistent universe hasn't. Well, yeah, that's what, that's what makes yeah. it really unique. But the persistent universe is something that um, it, it it's sort of the the remember the persistent universe is the icing on the cake. That when the Kickstarter first happened, it was about creating a massive single-player campaign mission, like a storyline. That was what the original Kickstarter campaign was. And when the Kickstarter well, no, campaign, they sold both parts at the Kickstarter. Mm, I think I think the Persistent Universe has blossomed into something way bigger than it originally was planned as. But I, I think the Star Citizen part of the game, which is the Persistent Universe was actually sold more than Squadron 42. I'm going to look it up. I think, generally speaking, I think that the philosophy is like, you know, an Irish pub. You know, come for the food and beer, stay for the hospitality. Yeah. I think that's kind of their mindset with Squadron 42 leading into the Persistent Universe, you know. Um, come for Squadron 42, stay for the Persistent Universe, you know. And then... um, Well, yeah, that makes sense. But I think... Um, I think Squadron 42 is, uh, I mean, don't take this the wrong way, but I feel like it's more of a really long tutorial to get you into the PU. Oh, definitely. Well, exactly. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. But, but think of it this way. What happens if they're able to basically create Half-Life 2? Yeah. Oh uh-huh. yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Think about it. Like if this is like 
you know, I, there was a joke at one of the um, one of the cons where where somebody that had worked on Half Life had said this is the next Half Life. Um, but think about that. If, if Squadron Forty Two is is basically a Half Life, and not not literally, but a Half Life type of game, people are going to lose their minds, and they're going to love Squadron Forty Two. And then by the time they get through with it, then they get spit out out into this amazing persistent universe. I think you know you're gonna you're gonna your retention is gonna be very high. Yeah, in a situation I agree. Like that. Imagine imagine if World of Warcraft started with a compelling, incredible, rich sword and sorcery D and D like campaign mission that you played through that was uh, incredibly enriching and and full of uh, vibrant characters. Um, and then as soon as it was over, you were then spit out, spit out into this this amazing universe that you had fallen in love with afterwards. I'm not saying that WoW doesn't have a great story, and it does, and, and they but and they've seemed to have gone back since the since the all the release of the expansions to try and uh, bolster some of that um, uh, cinematic storytelling style. But I think if you can capture people with that to begin with, and Squadron Forty Two, make no mistake, is going to be the dry run for that. Yeah, it, yeah. and with and with no leveling, you know, like with WoW, there's no leveling involved. So you're you start out, you develop your skills through Squadron Forty Two, and then go into the universe, basically a fully fledged pilot. Right, right. Uh, Squadron Forty Two is it definitely the training wheels, but it's also going to be the showcase for the universe. You'll also learn about the way the ships work. You'll also learn about what who the who your enemies and your allies are. There'll probably be some lampshading of the different things that you can do and how they work um sort of like i imagine when we visit the shu the shuman mining base at some point there'll be a discussion and an explanation of how the ma- the mining mecha- mechanics work you'll probably see a um what's it an orion like maybe as a background model sitting out there in space and you get to see that ship you get to see what that looks like maybe you have to defend it maybe it might maybe you have to defend one um I think it makes a lot of sense to assume that Squadron 42 it has to be the darling daughter at the very beginning and and that all of their resources are devoted to that right now because that is what they that's their first foot forward. Well, if you look at something like DayZ, um that game has no story at all, but it's incredibly popular because it's a persistent world where you can craft your own path and do whatever you want. Oh yeah, I don't I don't think there's any argument with with that line of thought, John. I th- I think that the the big thing though is that Squadron 42 is basically like I think like Aza said earlier, it's like the icing on the cake. It's like it 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 really helps you fall in love with the universe and and by the time you're done with it, you're so fully invested in that universe that you're going to stick around forever, you know? And yeah. I think that I think that's kind of the the thought behind it you know um that yeah i agree with you the the persistent in my opinion and i agree the persistent universe is really the be all and end all i mean that's what they're doing with that is is revolutionary it's groundbreaking it's next gen mmo style gameplay but if they're able to create a half-life type triple a title that just you know that people that aren't into mmos love then the, you're going to get a fair number of those people to be like, you know what? I'll try this persistent universe thing. I'll stick around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there will be it's people. More, it's it's more GTA than it is Minecraft. I was going to say mm-hmm. there are going to be yeah. people out there who are interested more in the Squadron Forty Two stuff 
there will be there will be fans who are just interested in Squadron Forty Two and not quite as interested in uh, Star Citizen proper. That like they yeah. they're just they're just curious about the next uh, story installment. Well, I think the guys that are already into space sims are going to be impressed by Squadron Forty Two and they'll stick around for the Persistent Universe. But I think the the people that aren't already into this type of this genre are going to be impressed by what the persistent universe is doing with the economy, um, you know, the death mechanic, all of the different roles that you can play and its persistence and its open worldness. Um, I think they'll be impressed by that. And then they'll play Squadron 42 because they didn't know that they liked this kind of game. Oh, yeah, entirely possible. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's safe to say that Chris is covering all bases. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I think it's worth pointing out that Squadron 42 is also will be where the marketing is. Because you can't really market um, the persistent sort of emergent gameplay in the same way that you can easily market a narrative. That's that's true. It is tough to market an MMO. I, I, I found that to be the case when they started trying to market Star Wars Galaxies. Um, they've never quite gotten i mean wow is wow it's its own animal but every time i've tried i've seen a commercial every time they've tried to market it it's like eh, you know it's not easy to market an mmo well going back to day z the reason that game is so popular is because people have been watching it on youtube and watching streams yeah yeah um since day one and like they don't do any marketing but it it's been the number one seller on steam for like a year and a half or something like that. Well, I think Twitch streaming is a whole other avenue of, of uh, marketing that is emerging right now that's going to be a huge benefit for Star Citizen as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, but they want to be AAA. They want to sell AAA numbers of units. They don't want to sell, you know, indie game numbers of units, though. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, so, I mean, I think that, that they're... they're the way that they're marketing it has to be a little bit different. You know, it's, it's not going to, word of mouth is going to be important, but they also need to be able to showcase it as a polished product. Yeah, I'd like to know if the crowdfunding is covering all the bases um, and how much, because uh, it's possible that they need more money than they have right now. I um, think. I think in the long term, they definitely need more money than they have right now. But I don't. I don't. I think they're in a good place. You know what I mean? I think uh, you know your average AAA title is about a hundred thousand, right? Or, um, uh, hundred million. Yeah. Hundred million. Yeah. So, well, it think, depends. I mean, the, the latest GTA was something like like three hundred million three, or something. Yeah, it yeah. was three hundred. Wow. But, and yeah. we don't know if that includes marketing. Uh, I believe right, it does. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Well. Um, and Benu's final point was, you know, about Lisa just finally uh, um, or just recently uh, getting hired. And his uh, point there is that uh, he thinks that the whole ship pipeline was kind of in, in disarray and that she was hired to come and sort of straighten things out. And so she's got to have some time to um, uh, to put things in order. Um, and uh, so we talked on the last show, we talked about um, her from uh, around the verse talking about um no it was reverse the verse where they were talking about um her ship status page that she has going and i think this email came in before that so um uh, i think that that's a positive thing uh, not specifically for the avenger but um that in general we're going to know where all of our ships are 
um, on the timeline towards uh, flyability and inclusion in the game. Well, and remember too, and Lisa mentioned this in Reverse the Verse, which I thought was very funny. You know, ship shape is not her only job. As a matter of fact, it's not even her main job. As a matter of fact, it's not even a priority. It's, you know, getting the ships in the pipeline, getting that stuff organized. That's why she's here. Um, you know, the ship shape stuff is just kind of an afterthought. But I think people in general kind of forget that. They think that, like, Lisa's here to tell us about ships. And that's, no, that's not the case. That's her probably job is to bring part, them in awesome. Yeah, that's probably a small portion of her job is to tell us about the ships. Yeah, yeah, exactly. By the way, for those curious, Grand Theft Auto V cost $137 to uh, develop, and 128 of that was marketing. <laughs> well, that's a million cheap dollars? game. Million you, mean dollars. Mil- you mean million? Million, yeah, $137 million <laughs> to develop, and of that, $128 million were marketing. So, Well, if you, if you think about it... I was going to say, if you think about it in, in that respect, then Star Citizen's right on track and it's doing well. I mean, I th- we'll easily hit $100 million and we'll probably go way past that. Like, I, I think the game's going to explode. If the first-person shooter is tight and on point, I think the game's going to explode. I think we're going to get we're going to see a huge influx of backers and we're going to see those numbers jump up dramatically. Yeah, it's it's really incredible how much money they've managed to raise for a crowdfunded project. Oh yeah. No, definitely. Um, you, you wouldn't you you wouldn't think that uh, a, a developer that doesn't want to go through a publisher could get as much money as a publisher, a big publisher like 2K is willing to pay out. Yep. Yeah, and, and they're getting it from the people that are going to play the game. So they're not, you know, in that respect, they're not in the hole. They're not beholden to anybody. They're able to really, and you can see it, they're able to build the game that, that, that they love. They're able to do the things that they want to do. And, you know, which I think we all agree, none of us are really freaking out about the delay of the first-person shooter because we know that they're pouring their heart and souls into it. And they know we know that they're going to, try and put out the absolute best product that they can put out when that goes live. And it's the same for the social module, Persistent Universe and Squadron 42. They're passionate about it, and they don't have anybody breathing down their necks going, hurry, hurry, hurry. Except for us. Except for us, but, you know, that's, you know, it's not a publisher threatening to pull the plug. Right. Well, I mean, we can't force them to release. No, that's also true. we We can shake our fists and we can scream and rage all we want, but ultimately... There's not a whole lot that we can do beyond pressing legal recourse. And I think if anybody presses legal recourse, that that will gain a lot of press. But I don't see it ever happening because they have they have been no. very careful about giving refunds to people who decided that they didn't want to back any further. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we'll see the full game until 2017. I think that we're going to be, you know, six to 12 months behind schedule. And I think people are going to be pissed about that. But I also think that when the game goes live, people are going to be like, oh, I'm going to shut up now and enjoy this game. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thank you for the emails, Benu. And uh, everyone out there in listening land, please do email us comms at versecast.org and we will read uh, your email on the show and discuss it and uh, make you famous that was a that was a great uh, email by the way benu thank you that opened up a whole wealth of conversation a wealth of conversation the beans <laughs> were flowing <laughs> uh, that that was that was my walter cronkite so we 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 had walken we've had seinfeld we had walter cronkite man 
It just the, the magic doesn't stop. Does Schwarzenegger. It? I, <laughs> I don't. Is that Schwarzenegger or Stallone? <laughs> could, could be, could be Stallone too. And not much. Not much. <laughs> Adrian. Adrian. That's what, I've got my retainer in, so they're all kind of the same anyway. Well, so. of course, before the show started, we had a little bit of uh, Garrison Keillor and Lake Wobegon. We did. We did. Yeah, that's right. All right. Yes, we should probably uh, acknowledge uh, to the world uh, what they already know, that uh, um, Ace has a new microphone and is sounding darn snappy, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Darn Rich, snappy. full-bodied flavor. Whoa. Yes. Rich Corinthian leather. And speaking of iTunes reviews, um, John, um, well, we, we've, uh, we're not smart. <laughs> Let's just go at it with that. Um, we have, uh, we've been, uh, uh, thumping our chests and, uh, demanding that people review us on iTunes. And it turns out that a lot more people than we are or have been aware of have been reviewing us on iTunes. John, you want to kind of fill the folks in, uh, on, on our little dilemma here? Yeah. So I forget who pointed it out, but somebody told us that not all the reviews that we've been checking are all of the reviews. Um, So iTunes has a separate page for each region. And there are 122 regions for iTunes for every country, most of the countries in the Mm -hmm. world. And so for each of those pages, there's a separate group of reviews based on where you are in the world. Um, so we've been only reading the United States reviews, and we had no idea. Whoopsie. Yeah. <laughs> so I've found... America. I've found like 10 reviews or something just by checking a few of the other countries. Um, but I'm not going to go through every 122 countries because the process manually is you have to go down to the bottom of iTunes uh click the flag and change it to the other to a different country then you have to search for versecast and go to the page find the review and you'd have to do that for 122 pages and that's not feasible every week so are they in are they in the native language or some they, some of them in, probably they, would be it wouldn't surprise I would think, me. Yeah. Yeah, but I I mean the people listening to this Oh dude, that would be English, so fun. That'd be so fun. Least... We could like run them through Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Man, that could get racist so quick. <laughs> um I didn't know Google was Google Translate was racist. <laughs> well, what comes out the other end would not exactly sound <laughs> stellar. Oh, it wouldn't be our fault. You blame it on Google. You blame it on Google, right? Hey, we just report the news. <laughs> um, so yeah, I we need to figure out how to do that. If somebody has some kind of trick that they know of, that would be great. Um, it can be as simple as just changing two letters in the URL for Versecast. Um, if you're looking at the iTunes page in uh, in your browser, um, but that's still a lot of letters to change. Um, so 
I don't know what we're going to do, but uh, maybe for now, if you send us a review, just shoot us an email so that we can read it on the show because we do want to read, get all your reviews on the show because we appreciate all of them. Yes. Well, and this is crazy. Like, I mean, Sweden, Canada, Great Britain, Brazil, Australia. Like, I'm just looking through, like, you know, some of the cut and pastes that we have in the show notes um, for all the reviews. And that's just so cool, man. That the people from, you know, foreign lands uh, yeah. really enjoy what we do. That, that you know, if, if we don't get a chance to read all of them, um, it's just like, thank you. That's just so cool. I mean, you know, you. You, you, you just think about your own little corner of the world, you know, but to think that, that somebody in, you know, Brazil really digs what we do. It's just, I think that's the coolest thing in the world. Yep. Yeah. That's, um, we really do appreciate it. And uh, especially, you know, since we've, we've put the call out there several times. And, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then we, um, and then we have, uh, we have failed you. And uh, for that, we apologize, but we're going to work on it and we'll figure something out and we will do our very best to um, to find all of those reviews that we haven't reported yet and read them on uh, the show. So speaking of we're going to we're going to try and tear through a couple of these. Um, you know what? I think we're going to wait until we get a comprehensive list and kind of do it all at once. Mm, um, you know, comprehensive so. list. <laughs> the mailbag cometh. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so we just wanted to acknowledge that this time and then we're working on it and, uh, we will prototype a solution for potentially next time. How's that? Mm, I like it. Prototyping. Prototyping. So, um, Jimmy, um, what has been going on round the interverse? Is that our intro? Yeah, that's, I, that's, I like it. I can't, I came in last place in the ship shape contest. <laughs> nice um well you know uh i i stayed away from the rsi forums uh this week because generally speaking um <laughs> it, it's all about controller 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 um people basically have hijacked the entirety of the general chat form for controller uh debates so if you're into controller debating head over to the rsi forum uh but from twitter um our one of our favorite uh Folks in the military service, uh, SFC Moon 101. I think it's Corey Moon, isn't it? Yes, it is Corey Moon. Uh, posted a picture of his real life Stargy for Gleep to check out over at yes. the uh, at Versecast uh, actual our actual Twitter handle, um, and he posted a, a picture of uh, his personal Stargy, which was a military fuel rig. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I love the insight into the military. Being someone that was too lazy to get up that early to even consider joining the military, <laughs> um, living vicariously through um, through our men and women in the armed service that are part of. Uh, uh, Versecast is really cool. So keep sending those pictures in, man. It's awesome. He sent in a lot of stuff. He sent in yeah, uh, yeah. when he was doing um, uh, uh, FPS training uh, for, for real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He sent it. Yeah, he posted for that. real real FPS yep. training. But yeah, I was so jelly because they had like a whole line of these uh, of tanker rigs that were, uh, you know, lined up uh, back to back to back to back to back. And I was mm -hmm. like, wow, that's going to. Can you imagine how cool it's going to be when we have, a, you know, all the star fairs and hulls all lined up, you know, waiting at the toll plaza? <laughs> waiting at the toll plaza because the battery in my fast pass has died it's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and you're 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 backing everybody up at the jump point i i, I i've got a wallet here somewhere uh -huh. you're, you're asking you're asking a person if they can if they can break a hundred a <laughs> hundred man i wish i had that wish I had um over at the uh those guys with ships hashtag the uh tgws hashtag 
Um, just, you know, just some fun stuff. Uh, Turd Ferguson, the one, the only friend of the show, Turd Ferguson, and, uh, and, and son, uh, are clearly traveling forward in time to uh, check out the multi-crew functionality. Uh, there's a picture of Turd's son uh, in a uh, in Doc Brown's DeLorean, which is pretty cool. <laughs> so cool. Uh, Jonto decided for whatever cruel and, and evil reason to turn me into <laughs> Michael Jackson, J-A-X-U-N, and uh, photoshopped my face onto uh, Michael Jackson's I'm Bad cover. It's whatever sick twisted reason that you had for it john if there was a picture of you other than the one on twitter i would be photoshopping you into something i regret nothing (laughs) except for the time i wasted on that (laughs) yeah and just stared at a picture michael jackson for probably far too long yeah and and my fuzzy mug i can't even imagine how long it's just god you must have been so sick looking at my face too um I, uh, there's also some pictures I had mentioned in the previous show. I had built um, a really cool uh, Stormtrooper model that a friend of mine uh, bought for me as a Christmas gift from Japan. Um, so there's some pictures in the hashtag of the model that I built. And um, Matt Adlita of the Adlita Brothers uh, took a stroll down memory lane and posted a bunch of pictures of uh, some older MMOs that he's played and loved over the years. So definitely go check out the hashtag. Lots of uh, fun and interesting things. And, of course, everyone talking about and twitching from uh, ARC as well. Yeah, so um, post and use that hashtag. You know, uh, we'll, we'll see it and um, uh, mention it on the air if, if it's cool. Yeah. yeah, and make sure to search for it so that you can find all these tweets. Yes, yep. please. please. It please, is please. Uh, hashtag TGWS. Yeah, all right. And then um, from over at uh, versecast.org, um, we have a lot of... Um, we have a lot of uh, operations popping up. So we're all in agreement that Operation Pitchfork is going to be a thing. Yeah. Uh, those of us that are a little more nefarious are uh, interested in doing uh, Operation Dandelion. Gleep doesn't want to hear about. And then uh, from our friend, friend of the show, Mac Virus, uh, he most recently posted a, uh, a uh, forum thread called uh, The Amerigo Expedition. And uh, basically what he was talking about was a contingent of us uh, going out and mapping the known universe. Now, I've talked about this before. Um, It's one of the things that I want to do. I'm not super interested in getting in a Carrick and going and exploring unknown space. Um, I'm interested in knowing all the nooks and crannies of the known verse and knowing all the people and personalities and things that, you know, happen happen about in the known verse. Um, so I thought this was really cool, and I think that it would be great for a group of us to go out and do this and basically share all of our common knowledge because it's going to take a long time for me to do it by myself. So, yeah. you know, so I, I'm all down for this particular op. What about you Absol- guys? Absolutely. I voted yes. I voted no, by the way, just to be a, just just to be difficult. I fully wanted to do it, and I fully endorse it, but I was like, nobody voted no. I have to vote no just because. Because you're the king of pop. <laughs> exactly, but um, yeah, no, I think it's really, I think it's a really cool idea, and and I like the idea that there'll be more of us going out and exploring um, the known verse and and the different kind of dark crevices that. Uh, that happen to be out there. I mean, what do you, uh, John, I know you're predominantly looking to, to do mining, right? As far as like your day to day, uh, starting off. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, Ace, I, we think we've touched on this before, but I mean, are you pretty clear on what you're interested in doing day to day in star citizen? Yeah. Yeah. I have a pretty good idea what I want to do. Um, 
exploration for the most part, and then, of course, combat. So are you thinking, um, are you looking to do deep exploration, like, you know, going into uncharted areas? I would like to start with getting used to exploring in the known universe, and then, yes, eventually going off into the deep end. Nice, nice. Well, cool. I, I um... I, I think it's uh, it's a great link to go check out. Um, I I am excited about the prospect, and um, it's nice to see that there are others uh, in uh, the org that are looking to do the same thing. Um, I'm kind of hoping, in all honesty, I'm kind of hoping that like like for example, Ace. I'm just putting it out there. Kind of hoping that you would be interested in in or somebody would be interested in being a member a crew member on my ship because I do need a really good pilot for the Merlin. And if a goal of yours and you know, I'm not putting you on the spot, but I'm just saying if a goal of yours is to explore the known verse, maybe tagging along with someone might be a little easier. I wouldn't mind trying it. Yeah. So just a thought, you know, but it, it, again, it, it goes back to, you know, I, I'm like, I'm cur- I'm interested in crewing uh, like John's mining ship and I'm interested in crewing a deep exploration ship, but I'm interested in taking my ship through the known verse. So I'm, I'm really curious as to see if, um, if we all kind of trade roles, you know what I mean? Like if, you know, whoever wants to explore the known verse takes out a crew of people that are like interested in mining or interested in um, deep exploration. And then when that deep exploration ship goes out, like, hey, you know, I've got a mission to charter to, char- to chart this unknown region who wants to go along. Then those of us that are, you know, doing our little thing will, will jump on board and crew that ship. You know, and that we're all able to kind of, you know, crew each other's ships to meet all of our individual goals. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the poll right now and it's it's uh, 13 votes in favor and one vote um, against. Um, but I, he does mention, Mac does mention here, um, suggests we band together to chart as much of the accessible verse upon launch. So that might even be beyond uh, what we think of as known verse and, you know, any anything that exists um outside of uh what's already been charted yeah no no absolutely i I can see i can see us kind of branching you know what i mean like starting out with the known verse and mapping that and sharing that information and then starting to expand outward i also see a few of us just jumping right out into the deep you know the deep end of the pool um and just going out into the middle of nowhere because that sounds appealing too you know um, but just, I think getting, getting to know the verse in general, both the known verse and the unknown verse is going to be ov- obviously is going to be a huge asset to the organization and being able to know, you know, so-and-so knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy over in this system, um, yeah. is going to be very valuable, especially even just, even just like moving cargo, knowing, you know, the safest lanes, knowing, you know, what pirates hang out where, you know, or knowing those pirates even, you know, is yeah. going to be very valuable to us. Is this a MOBA? <laughs> huh? The MOBA play- players will get it. I'm not a MOBA Shout player. Out. Shout out to the MOBA players. <laughs> Holla. Well, this was was was, you know, I've talked earlier about I want to have two hangers and and this is why is because um we're going to have a uh, um, you know, uh, our org, our virtual org hanger will become real at some point. It will, like Pinocchio, become a real boy. And uh, so I want to have uh, be able to have ships there. But then also I want to be able to keep pushing out towards the edge of what's known and beyond. Um, so um, having having a, a hanger out there, I think, is is going to be very useful for undertaking that sort of thing. 
Well, and that's going to be critical too. I mean, deep deep space exploration is going to be very is going to be critical to you know developing new trade routes to. Um, finding rare items uh, to, you know, discovering uh, new asteroid fields. I mean, all that stuff's going to be just as critical. So yeah. we, got a, we got a lot to do, people. We got a lot to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, um, um, it's exciting. So anyway, go, go check out the poll. Um, let your vote be known. Uh, enter, um, enter your thoughts uh, in, the, uh, in the space provided. And we'll talk about this again at some point, I am sure. Mm-hmm. Operation Pitchfork, Operation Dandelion, and Operation Marigold. La, 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 la. Okay. Yeah. And, what, <laughs> and uh, Operation, what was it? Passing gas. Oh yeah, that that's one? right. Yep, yep. That was that was a long way around for a fart joke. <laughs> but it's always worth it. Oh yeah. Uh, well, so what have, uh, speaking of the org, what have we been doing? Uh, what have we been playing? Uh, we got together for, um, well, we had this, uh, the big dinosaur egg in the sky dropped and broke open and uh, sucked up uh, a whole bunch of people uh, for a period of time. Uh, John, you want to talk about the ARC and, um, and what, uh, what you guys have been doing in there? We have so many people playing ARC. It's ridiculous. We had more people playing ARC. Than people showing up to Flight Academy on Thursday. Yeah, it's kind of bummed about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, both both Ace and Gleep were a little sad about that. That's right. Ace, who who was a good boy and showed up to class? You were good job. Thank you. <laughs> Did he get a cookie? Yes, he does. <laughs> and Obby Physics was there too. Yep. <laughs> we had a couple um, of people. Yeah. So uh, Ark dropped on Tuesday, and. Vendus was trying to get a server up. He was doing his best, and I think he got it up like really late. Um, so uh, that didn't happen before it was time for my bed. So I felt like I was I wanted to do something. So I jumped into Planet Side. I think Ace, were you there? I'm most more than likely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's sort of been playing. Um, that's pretty much what I've been playing the most of these days is Planet Side Two. Yeah, I want to get my money's worth for that subscription. Yeah, same here. Um, so yeah, we kind of played Planet Side all throughout the week, but um, when I wasn't playing Planet Side, I was playing Ark, which is a survival game with dinosaurs. And the first, my the very first impression is the game is very poorly optimized, but that's to be expected with an early access game. Um, but this one is really, really pretty bad. Um, the developers, though, are pushing updates incredibly fast. Like, they're doing multiple updates per day. They are addressing stuff very quickly. Um, and they've said multiple times that they can develop really quickly. Somehow they have some kind of magic sauce that <laughs> that uh, lets them develop magic. faster than other people. I don't know... If that's gonna hold out to be true, but uh, it seems like like uh, they are really paying attention. Um, the game itself, though, is impressive. There's a lot of content uh, there right at launch. Um, so it's a survival game. You start out on the beach. Uh, you run into the forest and start punching a tree. That's what you do in every survival game. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, interesting. That's good to know. Yeah, so so it's 
it has all that normal survival game stuff. Um, you can build fortresses. Um, there are many different types of things that you can build with. You start off with uh, thatch, and then you move up to wood, and then there's metal. Um, there are different types of armor. You start off with cloth. You can go leather, and I think you can get up to metal also with that. Um, but the really interesting thing is the riding and taming of dinosaurs. Uh, so, so basically, it's like any it's like any other survival game. Uh, it's just that the twist on this happens to be that you can, you know, that it's a world full of dinosaurs. Yes. Okay. Um, the other thing that is different from a lot of other survival games, um, but is actually similar similar to DayZ, is the world doesn't change. So the arc refers to the island that you spawn on. Um, and everybody's arc is exactly the same, but it's gigantic. Um, so there are going to be tons of caves um, and hidden areas that you can explore. Um, in the trailer, it shows you know caves with giant ravines inside of them, uh, lava. Um, personally, I haven't found any of that stuff yet because I'm still trying to figure out how to play the game. Um, it does have a kind of a steep learning curve. Um, so if you're not into survival games yet, it might be kind of hard for you to get into. Um, uh, and personally, it's hard for me to get into games that are difficult to learn, and especially early access games. Uh, but this one is pretty good. Um, it it uh, it does a good job of kind of slowly working up to uh, more advanced things. Um, and especially since we have so many guys playing, you know, you can just ask anything and they'll tell you. Um, like well, Iron Man and uh, Umaroth and uh, Tamdemonium, uh, those guys have been playing just nonstop. Uh, and John, do you think this game has more legs than uh, Reign of Kings? I certainly hope so. Uh, it seems like it it has more right off the bat, and it seems like they are adding and improving on it quicker than Reign of Kings. Yeah, features was. are showing up a lot faster from what I hear from people. Yeah. Do you think um just also quick less tangent. brutal? Just mm -hmm. a just a quick tangent. Do you think we'll see that with Star Citizen as it gets closer and closer to rollout? Like we'll start seeing stuff like snowball and and start seeing a lot of stuff getting pushed very quickly. I hope so. Yeah, seems like we would. Yeah, it, it's nice when you get near, um, when you have a substantial part of the game and stuff is slowly coming out. Um, yeah, Minecraft was the first type of early access experience that I ever had. Um, and they are still pushing out updates for that. Um, but anyway, Ark, Ark is great. It's like 25 bucks. I think on June 16th, it goes up to 30. Um, so definitely if you're already into survival games, definitely should give it a shot. Um, like I said, we have uh, a private server, Hosted by Vendus, of course. And um, we've got tons. We've probably got like 
20 guys playing it. Wow. Um, yeah, so we have we have a base um, on the northern part of the island, and we are slowly kind of trying to build out like roads and different systems um, to get to different places on the island because um, it is really huge. Uh, and there's there's really interesting things in the game. Like there are already like pipe systems so that you can run water up to where you are. Um, because you do need water and food. Um, you need to like make saddles so you can ride the dinosaurs. Um, and it has all the you know the known dinosaurs. It has like pterodactyls uh, uh, that you can actually fly on. Um, so you're saying so it's historically accurate then. It's yes, but there are also dragons, which are Good. not real. <laughs> what do you mean? Hark, there are uh, dragons. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> you take that back. Uh but it, it's kind of interesting like when you have to when you tame a dinosaur, uh, the smaller ones can take just a few minutes, like t- 20 minutes or so. Uh but the larger ones can take hours. Uh so we are tentatively planning on uh, taking down uh, Brontosaurus uh, and taming it, which is going to take a few hours. So we might have to take shifts um, and set up, uh, you know, people, you know, stay on for an hour to make sure the Brontosaurus doesn't wake up while we're taming it. Um, and then I hear that the like the T Rex. Uh, takes like eight hours or something. Wow, that's so, insane. But yeah. I mean, you know, I guess yeah. If you have to, I, I guess it does take time to tame a T Rex. Yeah, uh, it's cool though. Like you can tame a, a Triceratops and you can ride it, but you can also use it as like a mobile, uh, like extra inventory space. So if you wanted to take down like an entire forest, you could just load it all into the the triceratops's inventory and transport it that way um so it's it's re- it's a really interesting game i haven't played anything like it really and i think i think it's really unique and if you like dinosaurs and survival games this is the perfect thing and if you were burned out by the stomping lands like i was which was a kickstarter um that the guy just stopped developing it and he's gone silent um, and tons of people are really not happy about it. Uh, but the ARC developers actually put in an exclusive item for people that have the stomping lands on their Steam account, um, which I haven't gotten to use because I think it's an item that you put on your T-Rex. It says it's like bling glasses or something. Uh, so I'll have to see what that is. But that's kind of a, a neat gesture for people that were burned out by that game. I just want to know, does the T-Rex have frickin' laser beams on its head? It doesn't, yet. Yet. <laughs> what yet do I have to do? To get Why can't laser it be like beams? the dinosaur in Kung Fury? They yeah. had lasers. <laughs> that's that's how they were back in the, the Viking times. Oh, God. <laughs> I finally saw that, by the way. <laughs> that was fun. I kind of regretted it. <laughs> oh, it was fun. I mean, I love the guy that that played Hitler. It was so yeah. cool. <laughs> I mean, not cool like cool, but you know, 
We know. Don't worry. <laughs> so Ace, um, we did the 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 few, the proud, the the uh, the stout of heart got together on Thursday and uh, and did some uh, some fancy uh, flight learning. So uh, you want to tell us a little bit about what we did? So we did a um, we had some uh, like we had access to the combat ships for this week, which made me very happy. Um, and made me also alternately very bummed that we didn't have enough people to play with. Um, but what we did do is we did some um, low and slow combat with the Hornets. Because uh, I wanted to get a chance to, to teach people how to fly the Hornets. Um, and they've changed the combat model uh, significantly since the Hornet first came out. So I wanted to get people on board the Hornets and I get a chance to do some tips and tricks about how to fly and, and do combat in a Hornet. Um, so we had everybody in in Super Hornets, um, and did some one on one, did some fly throughs and asteroids, some things that I had uh, picked up while flying the Super Hornet in combat, especially since the most recent patch. Uh, the biggest thing for me being like uh, how you control a Super Hornet in combat, as opposed to something like a Gladius. Um, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that I noticed, and I'm I'm very curious if CAG will ever change this I, I can't imagine that the flight model that they have currently is this is going to be the final version um but the the super hornet and the hornet models in general seem underpowered for their weight um the thrusters at, at least seem very underpowered for their weight when you fly at full speed um you find yourself uh not able to turn on a dime or to really maneuver with any sort of um, sudden changes in the same way that you can in, say, a Gladius or even uh, a Cutlass or an Aurora. Um, you, you know, you'll, you'll glide, and then if you boost in a certain direction, it slowly begins to change vector. So what I've said to a lot of people is if you're flying a Hornet and you get into combat, throttle it down to about 75%, and then you're not moving so fast that your thrusters can't move you in the direction you want to go at a much more t- with, with more precision. Cause if you get into an asteroid field at full throttle, you pretty much are stuck going the, the direction you're going and maneuvering maybe a little bit to get out of the way of a rock every now and then. But if you want to come to a complete halt or if you want to change vectors, uh, suddenly doing it at full throttle is very difficult to do. Yeah, I've found in my ghost um, that A, I can't be at full throttle, and B, I've got to be really on top of my thrusters uh, if I want to go ahead and um, do a tight turn around an asteroid. Right, yeah. Uh, and and the Gladius is not that way. Uh, the Aurora is slow enough that it's not that way. Um, the Cutlass has a fantastic roll and pitch rate, um, so you can maneuver it around asteroids pretty well, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, same for goes for all the Mustang variants. Um, I feel like the 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 Hornet is going to need to get some serious love before it becomes a really uh, good combat ship at the moment. For the moment, it feels a lot like a semi-mobile gun platform. Well, the, and the Gladiator was similar, right? Yeah, the Gladiator was similar. I mean, I would expect that more from a Gladiator, though, because it is. It's supposed to be really, really heavy. It's it's weighed down with a whole lot of extra armor. Um, and a lot of uh, extra missiles. So I sort of expect the Gladiator to fly a little bit clunky. I mean, it's a bomber. It's not designed to be super agile. 
I wonder if it's an anvil thing. It may be. It may be that the anvil design document simply states that they're clunky and, and sort of tank-like. But I still feel like that if you're if the Super Hornet is supposed to be a space superiority dogfighter, it should be able to hold its own um, with lots of people. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we had fun, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was great. It's a lot of fun. I think yeah. this time around for the next class, um, I'm going to explicitly state it here that I want to do some IL-2 dogfighting. Um, get people out to, who have copies of IL-2 to come play. Um, I have it set up now so that you can spawn in air because um, I want to do some pack tactics. So flying as a group, as a squadron against other squadrons um, and how you communicate or fly together to um, defend each other. Um, and I feel like you can do that much more reliably in IL-2 with large numbers, hopefully large numbers, ARC notwithstanding, um, than, <laughs> than you can in Star Citizen because of some of the server instability. And certainly if you want to have large groups of people flying together, you really can't have more than a four-on-four group. Well, they've talked in the past about Arena Commander, future iterations of Arena Commander, allowing you to configure the number of uh, enemies that you're flying against, uh, their level of ability, and uh, the, the particular ships that you want to have in the encounter. So I'm hoping at that point we will be able to use Star Citizen for um, more of these lessons um, because it'll be more flexible. Yes, I agree. Um, and it would be nice to be able to do that, to fly as uh, large groups um, in Star Citizen. It's just difficult to do right now. But yes, I would. I'm. I'm with you. I would much rather prefer Star Citizen be used for that. I mean, so we're still sort of to some degree in the same limbo where we were before, and that um, you know we don't have a great alternative to Star Citizen if we have to. Um, Elite Dangerous still has its problems, um, being that everybody you know if you if you hop in game in Elite Dangerous and someone is twenty light years away, it's going to be a, a while before they can reach you. Right. Um. And it doesn't fly in the same way that Star Citizen does. All right. Well, they're they're talking. They're still talking about adding additional character slots so that you will be able to. That would be nice. Ships, because you do end up with ships in wide, very widely uh, distributed locations, mm -hmm. um, and it's a it can be a real pain to uh, to get between those. Well, so. and private servers would be nice too for that game. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, private servers would be now. no, probably not, but private servers would make a huge difference. That's partly it... why I use IL2 is that number 1 it's cheap, um and number 2, I can configure the servers to pretty much however I want to fly. Am am I the odd man out in that I do not want to see private servers for Star Citizen that I just I want everyone to play in the same sandbox? Why am not? I weird? Am I weird like that? A I think bit. you're weird. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Why not? Um, I just I, I like the idea of of you know it, it all being in one universe. You know, I I like the idea of every everyone can relate to everyone. Everyone's involved with everyone. Um, you know what happens on in whatever what game event happens or what you know individual event happens is something that is you know known across the the entire uh, community. Uh, of the well, game, I guess. Yeah, my... but the private servers are kind of meant to be a completely different thing, right? Okay, it's not like Minecraft where all of the servers are just run by different people. 
It's, you know, there's the PU, which is run by CIG, and it's one server, and there's only one way to get on it. Um, and then there's the private servers where you can create whatever experience you want, and it's just a fun thing to do. Um, you know, you can put mods on there. You can just go crazy with it. And frankly, I like the idea, if only for the idea of future-proofing. Um, let's assume... Yeah. At, I mean, we may not be, we may have well moved on by then, but at some point in the far future, our kids or our kids' kids want to play Star Citizen. You know, there are freelancer servers out there that are run, but they're run by players. They're not run by the company anymore because it doesn't exist. Right. So having yeah. that future-proofing option allows people in future generations to sit down and play this game and experience it roughly, for the most part, the way that we do. Fair enough. Well, yeah, and imagine after the PU drops and they do release the private servers, which they have talked about before, um, we could have, you know, Vendus could host a server for us just for Flight Academy. That would be great. And we could all jump on there. You could spawn any ship you wanted, and you could just do whatever you felt like in whatever area of space you wanted to. Yeah, imagine being able to practice in Star Citizen with the live assets, you know, practicing runs on certain types of enemies with the, you know, without worrying about being blown up and having, having well, I guess class is over. The the, the instructor got killed yeah. tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I got it. I got, I got where you guys are coming from with it. Yeah, so you're wrong, Jimmy. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have breaking news. What? What's that, John? I'm having a baby. No. Um, <laughs> for a moment. <laughs> right, right now? For a moment, my stomach, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, Do you know who the father is? <laughs> I hope it's him. Ben Lesnick. <laughs> oh my. Noticed really? us. Really? What? We're, what do you mean Ben Lesnick noticed us? What are you talking about? We're in the comlink schedule for the week of June 8th. Yeah. Shut oh. up! But he posted us <laughs> on Sunday, and he posted the link to our org page. Aww. Still. Still, it's something. Yeah. It, it's something. It's definitely something. Thank you, Bandit Loaf. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Bandit Loaf. <laughs> we're no longer fly-by-night. I'm assuming some somebody that has access to the Versecast Twitter will tweet that so I can retweet it. Please That's do. how I found it. It was from uh, James Vanderzanden, which is a fantastic name. Nice. So yeah, just search for TGWS. He uh, he tweeted about it. Very cool. Good times. Good times indeed. A, a victory. A victory has been had. Victory yes. is ours. All right. Cool. And well, on that note. Um, we did, um, we also got together, um, last night and we played some, or Sunday night, Sunday night, because I got that whole time machine thing going here, um, and played some Planet Side 2 and, uh, we, we had a lot of fun. We got owned pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah. Uh, but it, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, um, Ace and myself and, uh, Avi and, uh, Stag were out for a while and I think John popped in for a bit and, uh. It was a uh, it was good times. So um, getting ready for that uh, FPS. Oh that yeah. FPS module. Well, yeah. and for me, I I really enjoy flying the Valkyrie. It's the thing that I found that I enjoy the most doing in that game. It's just flying the Valkyrie around, flying under, flying through cover, um, taking the crew up and dogfighting or doing you know firing down onto ground targets. 
Um, I, I, it's so rewarding when you take out a, a vehicle. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I actually, I got a couple kills, which, you know, I, I went, yay. Nice. Wow. Very nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm battle rank five now. Ooh. Look out. Dang. Yeah. I would, so, I would really like for, to get another huge group of people, huge group of first cast people playing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should uh, we should definitely do that. Um, and then we've got, uh, as Ace was saying, we've got uh, the uh, the IL two edition of uh, Flight Academy coming up this Thursday, and then we'll come out next Sunday and uh, play whatever it is that uh, that folks are are playing, whatever the you know Star Citizen Planet Side or whatever it is that uh, those dinosaur people are playing next week. And can I can I just say too? I mean, one thing to keep in mind, like I know we talk about like a lot of people playing a lot of different games right now, and the thing is, Arena Commander is Arena Commander and has been Arena Commander for a while now. So I think a lot of us are doing other things to occupy our time while we wait for the next iteration, which in this case is the first person shooter. And I think we're going to see that a lot through the development cycle, where we're all going to be grouping up and playing when the next big thing comes out and doing that for a while, and then once that kind of stabilizes and becomes a norm we'll start occupying ourselves with other things again until the next big thing comes out um along the way to the persistent universe yeah yeah i I think that that's um that's true that once once fps drops i think we're going to uh, see a, a huge returning to the fold if you will yeah totally and then you know once that kind of um settles in and people start doing other things again it's going to ebb and flow i think until until the the persistent universe comes out until you know the game becomes all-encompassing um we'll have a lot of ebb and flow and people go back and forth and that's okay Mm -hmm. yeah we're all gamers we're not just star citizens this is true that is true so hey ace yes if you were going to run a Angry Birds server, what would you do? <laughs> uh, this is an inside joke? Because Angry Birds. Hey, hey, I got it. I'm so confused. <laughs> Where would you go if you wanted to form a community around oh, Angry Birds? Oh, engine. Uh, <laughs> really, Angry Birds. Angry Birds. That's what it worked you chose. last time. I, I guess my thing is that, is that is that you say Angry Birds. My first thing goes to iOS support because I worked for Apple for a long time. So you're like Angry Birds. I'm like, oh. what? They don't, but they don't do servers. <laughs> I'm so confused. But you still might need a community there you- so that you can, you know, compete, get three all the three stars and stuff. Yes. You all sadden me greatly. <laughs> <laughs> then our work is done here. <laughs> Hey, there's right. Angry Birds Space and Angry Birds Star Wars and Angry Birds Star Wars 2. I haven't played Angry Birds Star Wars 2. I haven't played anything except Angry Birds <laughs> back when it was popular. <laughs> hey, the space one is cool. There's, like, gravity stuff going on and, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John Joe quickly realizes his argument just sputters out. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Support Engine, please. <laughs> they power our website. Go to engine.com for all your site hosting needs. That's E N J I N.com. Support Ronald Jenkins. Even though we're not using his song for this uh, particular show right now, um, he does let us use his music uh, without question. So uh, thank you, Ronald. We really do appreciate that. 
Um, and because it is the season, um, I am now Star G. Yes, I've come out. I've made the change. Star G, tweet me at House Gleep. Email me, gleep at versecast.org. Star G on the RSI and the Steam. You need to get some bling, like a, a gold chain with a big G on it. Oh, God, please no. <laughs> I'm already wait, I'm already nostalgic for Gleep already. You need, wait a, until, you need a Kango hat. Ex- yeah. Yeah. Um, wait until we can start personalizing our own skins. Oh, God. <laughs> Jimmy, where can the fine folks find you? Uh, you can find me uh, most vocally over at Twitter. Um, I am a fan of Twitter, and that's at Jimmy Croker. Uh, you can find me uh, over at Versecast, over at uh, RSI, and over at Steam at uh, as my handle, Jackson, J-A-X-S-U-N. And uh, you can email me at uh, jimmy at versecast.org. Cool. I'm available at uh, Gmail at aceazamine87 at gmail.com. Um, I'm on Steam as delandau87. Um, and my uh, Versecast, or not Versecast, my Star Citizen handle is X-Wing Jockey, and my form handle is aceazamine. And we have all of these in the show notes, too, so um, no stress there. Um, John, what do you say? I say, hooray! <laughs> I feel like you would really want a children's show, John. <laughs> it's, it's Uncle John's happy town. You can email the show at comms at versecast.org. That's for email. That Please that use some that. Some people use. Yeah. Use it! Please! You should join our Steam group so that you can uh, can join us in ARC. Find other people that are playing that and other Steam games. I think you can find that at uh, steamcommunity.com slash groups slash versecast. We are those guys with ships. Ships. Uh, <laughs> is, that like, is that like crisps in Britain? <laughs> mm. Yes. Uh, you can tweet at versecast where we will follow you back and use the hashtag TGWS and search for the hashtag TGWS so you can find all the latest news and cool stuff. I mean, all the cool kids are searching for TGWS. It's true. It's it's trending. It is. Somewhere. At some point we'll we'll reach cultural saturation and then it will (laughs) stop being cool. (laughs) Uh, join our organization at robertspaceindustries.com slash org slash versecast. We might be getting a bunch of new uh, uh, applications since uh, Ben linked us there. Awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, go to versecast.org where you can find the show. Share it with your friends. We have the forums there. We got our mumble server where people join up to get into games. Uh, gonna be playing hopefully some Elite Dangerous with the Power Play update this week. Um, some more Ark, Planet Side, IL Two Sturmovic for uh, Flight Academy. Uh, which one is that again? Nineteen forty six. It's on 1946. Steam. Nineteen forty six. Yeah, it's on Steam. And if you use G two A, I think you can get it on there for like three bucks or something. So. Uh, review us on iTunes. Just search for Versecast. Hopefully, we'll find your review. We will. And 
that's it. All right, then. Well, until next time, we are Those Guys With Ships, and this has been our community podcast. See you guys. Bye. Goodbye. Ace. Ace, Ace say Ace. goodbye to the people. Oh, no. Ace is dead. Today, we commemorate Ace Azamine, the finest pilot those guys with ships has ever known. He says... <laughs> he says he did. From he the dead. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Push to talk. <laughs> oh my god! Ace, say goodbye to the people. Oh, uh, this is going to be so <laughs> awkward because they'll be able to hear it in the recording. Yeah, well, no, no, we editing. don't do editing. No, nobody edits here. Rolling, homie, don't edit. See ya. Say goodbye. Bye. See ya. Stop it. <laughs>